welcome back. It is week 26 on Out on That Line. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. After a week off, a really nice week off, so thank you to Tanner and Alex for doing that past episode. That really helped me out. Here with my co-host, as always, Alex. Alex, how are we doing this week? Reunited and it feels so good. I'm doing I'm better now that you're here. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling revitalized, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, ready to get going on this one. Hell yeah, let's do it. What do we got for him oh, this yeah. week, Tanner? Uh, oh god, I just called you Tanner. <laughs> well, I mean, things are moving a little too quickly for me here. Oh my god. <laughs> uh we are gonna be taking a look at Julian Baker's new album, Little Oblivions, uh songwriter out of Memphis, Tennessee, uh, in a band with Phoebe Bridgers, correct? In Lucy Dacus? Lucy Dacus, Boy Genius, yeah. yep. Boy Genius, yes. Uh, also also a pretty pretty good group, if you haven't heard them. Um, we're going to be going over Julian Baker's new album specifically. But first, I think I do need to address a couple of things about that episode that uh, you and Tanner did. And first things first, clearly, I've taught Tanner everything that he knows, but not everything that I know. You know, there's a, there's a good distinction there. And... I am a little pissed that he didn't come up with the third in that classic trilogy of songs off Aerosmith's seminal album, Get a Grip. He got amazing. He got crying. He did not get crazy. Cry- crazy and crying are on the same album? Oh, yeah. Okay, as not a big Aerosmith guy, I do have to, you know, game recognize this game. That is a l- loaded album. Yes, and and I think... Like I was saying previous to uh, starting to record here, I think Tanner oversold my love for Aerosmith just a little. Certainly not one of my favorite bands ever, but that Get a Grip album, he is not lying about that one being the bee's knees. It is incredible, top to bottom. So many good songs on that one, starting with Eat the Rich, we get into Living on the Edge, Fever, Flesh, that trilogy, Amazing, Crying, Crazy, Shut Up and Dance. It's it's got the hits. It's so good. See, and I would have done Living on the Edge over Amazing. Which what does Amazing even sound like? Off the top of my head, I don't remember. It's Girl, you're amazing. And that's it. I that's the whole song. That's beautiful. Pretty much. Um, yeah. I've never heard that one. Is that like a, so that... look it up. Yeah, I think that's the other one. Um I don't know if Alicia Silverstone was in that music video. I, I forget which two of these were the were the ones that she was in. But it was that trilogy of songs. See, Crazy was, I think his daughter was in that video, wasn't she? Liv, Tyler? Yes. Okay, so yeah, then it was Amazing and Crying that that Alicia Silverstone was in. Okay. Yeah. Very weird that he had Liv Tyler in that video. Very weird to have your teenage slash early 20s daughter like running around in her underwear in your music video. Yeah, it gives me very, very Donald and Ivanka vibes. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. at least like you never had uh, Liv Tyler sitting on Steven Tyler's lap at any point. That we know of. That we know of. That we know of. I think How they come... were kind of estranged from each other for a long time. So yeah. yeah. How come sidebar with the Donald Trump, Ivanka Trump thing? Uh, aren't those photos enough for at least an indictment? I mean, that's horrifying. How how it's like? Weird. Ugh, I don't like it. Well, I think I think the photos in combination with what he said, because there's yeah, yeah. a zillion daughters that have sat on their dad's laps. Sure. Like, I'm not about to say that 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 there's anything inherently wrong with that. But, but paired with the things he said, paired with saying things along the lines of and I 
I think I'm paraphrasing here, but only because I can't remember exactly the words used, but the I'm getting the sentiment correct when he said, if she weren't my daughter, I'd probably date her. <laughs> That's, that means you've thought of your daughter in that way. I'm like, well, she's not, so I won't. Is that is that the reason that you're not going to date your daughter is just because you're related to her? Yeah, that's all that that's it? stopping you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. You know, the ancient Mesopotamians <laughs> used to date their daughters. And no one gave them guff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that that Aerosmith album, it fucks. And I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna pretend that it doesn't. Also, Big Ones is kind of a greatest hit slash new songs. It's back when artists would do new singles on their greatest hits album. That's the one had Dude Looks Like a Lady oh. on it also had living on the edge on it so it's like it's a weird combination of that i don't know any bands that do that anymore i'm glad they don't i think a greatest hits album should be just a greatest hits album and if you want to do new songs just put it on a new album it's not like they didn't come out with any after that you know um but really get a grip absolutely top to bottom knockout of an album absolutely recommend that one what year did that come out oh shit now you got me i don't know probably like 92 so funny i was thinking 92 in my head wow yeah i don't know let me hold on if you want to if you want to riff a little bit for a second let me look that up okay well i'll throw tanner under the bus while you're doing that beep beep motherfucker so tanner texted me earlier today and i know you'll co-sign the sentiment he'll frequently text me and he'll be like hey i've been listening to a lot of willie nelson lately and i gotta tell you it's pretty good and i'm like okay well you know i'll give whatever you're listening to a shot and it's like hey oh good good for you today he goes I'm having a bit of a U2 renaissance. And after I swallowed my vomit, I said, let me just stop you right there. The journey for us ends in this moment because I fucking hate U2 and I hate (laughs) Bono. And I know Jeff agrees. We drink from the same cup of Haterade on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I will swim in a pool of that Haterade. That That is a terrible band, terrible lead singer. I guess Edge is okay at playing guitar, but looks weird he's always wearing that weird beanie i don't know what his hairline looks like i don't know if anybody's ever seen it uh but terrible terrible music awful music they they are the same as the red hot chili peppers for me now i guess i wouldn't put the red hot chili peppers in the same pantheon of hatred that i put u2 into um you know they're right up u2 is right up there with the foos and and taylor swift for me Mm -hmm. those are just non-starters for me from the get-go um but they they definitely they start their songs and they sound badass. Like Red Hot Chili Peppers do the same thing where the songs just sound like they're going to be a badass rock song. And then they completely drop that intro and you're left with some bullshit like, yep. and it's just terrible. And then you get Bono's little whiny voice over the top of it. It's like, you could have been such a great band if you just got over yourselves. Yep. Yeah. Get a female lead singer singing for you too fixes all the problems for me getting rid of bono fixes all the problems for me yeah he's pretty that's where my that's where my problems start with with you two they there's definitely a few more but that's the major one yeah that's certainly the major one yeah um and i got the answer on the album we were close it's 1993 Ooh, all right yeah april 20th 1993 (laughs) Mm. i wonder what kind of target audience they were going for maybe (laughs) <laughs> uh, but on a more serious note i do um i do want to go back to the fact i really do appreciate you guys stepping up and doing that episode 
um, hearing Tanner go through the list of, you know, kind of his musical connection with people um, gave me kind of a, a, a good idea. First of all, I had to address the Aerosmith thing. Like that's if you're going to if you're going to bring up Get a Grip at all, like how do you not come up with the come up with all three in that trilogy? Just egregious mistake by well, the Tan Man. Yeah. Egregious. He'll have a chance eventually to address it and, and atone <laughs> for his sins there eventually. But for now, we're just going to we're, we're an anti Tanner pod until he gets a chance to redeem himself. Oh, wow. And uh, considering we're the gatekeepers, I like our odds, Jeff. Yeah, I think I think we're going to be able to hold strong on this one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a, whatever whatever small picket line he might be able to put up. I, I don't think we're going to have any problems stepping over. Nah, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to be fine there. Um, you know, he went over Bruce Springsteen, Coheed and Cambria. I'm going to beat the Coheed and Cambria drum until we do some on this show. Hope I'm just waiting for them to do a new album. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's that would be ideal. If I, you know, I think we were talking about doing kind of that experts and newbies kind of idea where it's like you might take some forget what band were you oh uh, frank zappa i think was the one that you you were talking about like then telling me getting in deep on frank zappa telling me about it me doing the same with coheed and cambria and making that kind of a running series i can't wait that's just i mean i listened to some coheed when i was doing lawn work the other day and they just fuck man you're just moving at two miles an hour man your own jackhammer (laughs) yeah just drumming on the lawnmower. Yeah. 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 Just incredible. I will tell you, just doing burpees stuff. to that song jacks your shit up. <laughs> I you bet. Feel I like you're get gonna... you some other I can get you some other Coheed songs that'll that'll get your blood pumping. I'm pro Coheed. Like I just yeah. haven't I think I've listened to it all probably once through. I can't get through a friendship with you without getting that far at least, but yeah. I've never really like been to Coheed University. Coheed yeah. in Cambridge, if you will. Yeah, we'll take you there. We'll, I'll get you a scholarship. We'll Put in a word with the bursar. For the fall semester. Yeah. Yeah, I think, the, I think the dean of students is going to like you. All right, perfect. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, are they like, uh, they're still working on the, uh, oh God, it's not the Abraxas trilogy or whatever. What is it called? Close. It's, Vaxis. Vaxis. Okay. Vaxis. Yeah, and it's going to be a quintology. Is that what you call that? Five albums? Yeah, I guess so. Because you got trilogy. What's four? Quadrilogy. Yeah, quintri- quintilogy. Quintrilogy. Quintology. Quint- sure. <laughs> A five album set, folks. Yes. <laughs> That's what they're going for. They've got. They've released one, um, volume one. The unheavenly creatures has a song called "The Dark Sentencer" on it, that you should certainly check out if you want. So- if you want a song that, that'll get you fucking going. That one does it. All right. Yeah, that one does it. And they have, you know, they have the the graphic novels that go along with everything. They've already released the storyline to go along with Vax's part one. That's going to come out with every every subsequent album. That one came out like two years ago now. So I, I think it's it's got to be time soon. Um, yeah, I really I think, you know, you guys, I don't think got a chance to touch on smooth music the way that you wanted to, you know, which is I was kind of looking forward to that. But, you know, who's to say we could have Tanner back on next year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Next fiscal quarter, I think we could talk about having him back on at some point. Yeah, we could budget that. I mean, it is he is expensive being the voice of Norwich. You know, it is expensive. It's very true. Yeah, that kind of blew our budget having him on the last time. Yeah, and I noticed yeah. no reciprocating offer to be on the Reveille, Tanner. People will remember yeah. me from my time at Norwich University, where everybody when they went out for like maternity leave or paternity leave would write that on the board. 
And when I quit my job, I wrote eternity leave and apparently pissed <laughs> everyone off really bad. <laughs> That's so good. I never heard that before. That is so good. Yeah, because I had the balls <laughs> to be happy to leave that hellhole. So <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's incredible. That's incredible. Well, did you have any follow-up thoughts on on the the previous episode? No, not really. I mean, I had a great time. We could have gone for like three hours. Oh, yeah. So we just did as good a job as we could at capping it. And yeah, I think he and I will do like, we'll work on a smooth playlist and we'll we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think that'll be be a very good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Well... What do you say? We hop right in. Let's get right do into it. this Julian Baker. Let's All do right. it. So this came out last month, I think. February 2021. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. All right. So album is called Little Oblivions. Um, and she, like I said, from Tennessee. So I think she spends probably a lot of time in Nashville. As just about every musical artist does these days. It's either New York, Nashville or L.A. I feel yep. like is, is where albums get produced. And that's about it. Um you know, so this one overall, I will say, did not match my excitement for this album. I think I was looking forward to this one, you know, maybe not. I don't know if I could have expected it to be on the level of Phoebe Bridger's Punisher, but, you know, I was hoping that it might be. And I think a couple of songs reached for it, you know, and just about got there. But I think overall, just it just didn't hit on all cylinders for me. Well, and I think your your instinct to want it to be on the level of Phoebe Bridgers is totally appropriate because they are part of the same crew. Mm-hmm. And Lucy Dacus is very good. And and the big bad Julianne, I enjoy her music. <laughs> but I just think Punisher sets such a standard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, did you see the picture the other day of the billboard in NYC? It was like Spotify's mm-hmm. Artist of the Year's Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. I mean, goddamn. She's nominated for like five Grammys or something like that. Yeah, like best new artists among other things. Yeah. So like and, and she's earned it. She's great. She's introspective. She's interesting. She doesn't take any shit. Mm-hmm. So and there's a lot of similarities between Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker and Phoebe Bridgers, the whole boy mm-hmm. genius crew. So I think your instinct to want them all to be on the same level is right on the fucking money, but you're right. They're just something about this one didn't hit all the way. Mhm. Yeah, it, it's just, you know, and I think we're going to go over, you know, the, we picked a handful of songs that we kind of had a consensus on that we felt were at least the most interesting, um, whether we thought they were the best ones on there or not, you know, it remains to be seen. We'll get right into that. But, you know, I think it's for me, there were some great moments and then the majority of it, it just didn't, you know, and I guess I don't require artists to have to hit a bunch of different notes. You know, I don't I don't think an album should have five million different musical influences that you spend every you know you spend equal amounts of time on like paying tribute to different things and, and mm. having different sounds and stuff like that you know an album can be very very good even if it only really hits one note you know i think that's i think that's something that like just about every against me album did you know it's just like they've got a certain sound they stick to it but for some reason it always remains exciting i felt like i lost my excitement on several of these songs where it's just like you know as i'm reading through the lyrics I'm just like, okay, well, I've already listened through to this album once, so I know what the song is going to sound like. I've seen the lyrics now. I don't really need to like pay that much more attention to it because it just didn't grab me like I was hoping that it would, just like Punisher did. Um, and I th- the first song that we're going to talk about is the second song on the album, Heat Wave. And this one, you know, I think 
only just because she is capable of delivering some pretty clever wordplay. You know, I felt like there were there was uh, several moments that it almost redeemed itself just strictly because of that. And she says uh, something like, um, hold on, I think I have the wrong lyrics up. Okay, here we go. And says, I had the shuddering thought this was going to make me late for work. And she's stuck in a traffic jam that was pretty gruesome. You know, a car blew up. And so there very well might have been a family or something that just got totally incinerated. And her first thought is, this is going to make me late for work. And everybody's had that moment where you're stuck in traffic. And, and it's just like you're trying to get somewhere and you're like, oh, what the fuck happened? Who's holding this up? And then you get there and it's like a totally horrendous car accident. And you feel terrible for having the thought of like, you're late for something when mm. in the in the face of that going on. So I thought that was interesting. Musically was pretty good as well. Um, but I think this part of the album was where I was still excited and like ready for another Punisher. And maybe I, again, I, maybe it's just not fair that I put those expectations on it. Um, but I think a, a little bit more towards like what you were saying, where I think it's totally fair to do that. If they've been involved in a band, like obviously they're not going to sound exactly the same, you know, like when you and Tanner were talking about the Beatles, George Harrison's solo stuff sounded way different than Paul McCartney's, even though they were in the same band and made the same sound at one point. But this just didn't get me excited the way that like George Harrison album would, you know, even though, you know, just the same as a wings album would, you know, it's just like they're, they were kind of equal parts as good. They're just different things. Mm -hmm. This, I feel like just wasn't quite as good. It just wasn't as exciting. Well, not to be like a total dick, but if we're going to rank the most recent albums for all the members of Boy Genius, this comes in third for me. Yeah. I like Lucy Dacus's, so maybe sometime we'll go for the hat trick and do that. Yeah. Um, but I liked I liked her most recent output. I, I mean, obviously, we love Punisher. We gushed about Punisher. Mm -hmm. This is not bad. This is not bad. Like, none of yeah. this is like she's an untalented musician or this is objectively bad. And I actually had the opposite reaction to you. Where when it started, I was like, oh, fuck. And then like two or three songs in, I was like, okay, we're pulling up a little bit. Yeah. Because this is where I'll make my stand. When I told you before, I have thoughts. Yeah. I am, I think, officially pretty burnt out on white indie women. Not, just, not just us covering it. Because when you really look back at it, I don't think we've done a disproportionate amount of of you know sad white indie girls yeah but and why am i specifically singling out white because it tends to be the same set mm -hmm. of issues i mean if you look at the personal lives of the members of boy genius um they're all on various levels of queer identifying mm -hmm. um religious backgrounds coming over that substance abuse that kind of stuff and i don't want to distill it all down to hashtag white girl problems but I spend all day inside my white head, right? Yeah. And yeah. we're just kind of terribly uninteresting people at this point. So I would rather like hear other perspectives and hear what other people are doing within the genre. So not even necessarily to cover on this show, just for my own sanity and my own mm -hmm. edification, to the people out there listening, if you know any women of color in indie music, send each and every one my way. I just, I oh, gotta... Yeah. I've been eating Burger King for like a year straight now. I gotta, I gotta have some vegetables, baby. Yeah, yeah. Spotify's so, not gonna help you with that because they're just gonna keep, they're gonna keep jamming these white ladies down our throat. I think. Holy fuck! Yeah, and again, <laughs> like, not to make it a racial thing, but it, 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 that that component 
undeniably exists. They're there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a certain perspective, you know, that 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 they have and that we probably share quite a bit of that perspective. Yeah. So I can see why, you know, I can certainly see why you're a little burnt out on that, because I think I am, too. You know, I, I had the I had the thought of, you know, we got to shake it up a little bit and have at least a different genre of music for the next one after this, because it's just like there's only so many times I can listen to a full album where it just doesn't ever get cooking really you know what i mean it doesn't yeah. ever like i i love me some rock and roll music you know i really that's my bread and butter like i like i like country a lot i like rap a lot i even like some like edm stuff but rock and roll music to me like that's where i really find myself and that's where i really see myself and you know i just never you know it's just that's that was the problem with this one is it maybe just because of everything that it's followed maybe i just kind of held it up to a higher standard that it needed to really wow me to get real fair treatment here. But, you know, I did like enough of it where I was like, okay, I must've given it some fair listen because I did enjoy some of this stuff. Like heat wave, I thought was a good song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, there's a few others that I thought were good songs on this, but it's just like overall, you know, it just didn't quite get there for me. Well, and like the irony is people are so thirsty for authenticity, and this mm -hmm. is to take nothing away from Julian Baker's experiences, her struggles with addiction, her struggle with mm -hmm. religion and her sexual identity and all of that stuff. I'm not saying it's not interesting and it's not worth listening to, but I'm not sure she found a different perspective other than a few songs which we picked to talk about. Yeah. Which are notable examples of her like really kind of putting it in an interesting way. And I think it was aided by reading her thoughts in on genius. Mm -hmm. Um and I rarely do that, but with her I was like, ah, I kinda want like a little more context for this. Yeah. But there again, you can't make a Star Wars movie and then say, Well, it'll make more sense if you read the comic book. You know what I mean? Like it's either yeah. all there in the medium you're having me experience, or it's not. So it sounds a lot like I guess we're coming down hard on her. This wasn't unenjoyable, but it was yeah. just like something about it didn't hit. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I almost want to say it's kind of an indictment on us. Probably. As potters here because, you know, we have chosen, you know, we have kind of stuck with certain genres more than others. And I think this is the genre that we've kind of done, pulled the most out of. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's really, I think it's just like what we expose ourselves to with you know music media spotify things like that so it's like what gets suggested to us because there's albums coming out all the time and you know knowing how much we really like the phoebe bridgers album when a, her bandmate comes out with a new album it just makes sense like why wouldn't we do that but i yeah. think maybe we've just gotten a little bit stagnant with with what we've chosen musically and you know i think i'm not going to give away the farm here on what we're doing next but i think we're about to break out of that i you know i'm glad to you know, I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't know that we already had a plan to kind of to kind of bounce out of this thing. Um, but it, it's you know, I'm looking forward to something that's just got a little bit more punch to it, I think. Yes. And I agree. What's coming next time, I think, is going to be real interesting for people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we can move on to relative fiction, which was one that you had chosen that um, actually was pretty close to, to making it on on my list of, of my top three. Yeah, so again, I I tended to go with songs where I thought she was being introspective in a really interesting way. Mm -hmm. And Relative Fiction 
at least my interpretation of it, like what I got out of it is she wants to be a good person. She projects an image of kindness and professionalism and love, but how authentic is that really? And it's kind of her holding her own feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there's, there's interesting lines. Like I really like, cause if I didn't have a mean bone in my body, I'd find some other way to cause you pain. I won't mm-hmm. bother telling you I'm sorry for something that I'm going to do again. And again, not to turn this into the fucking therapy hour, but I've been there where mm-hmm. I'm a shithead to people. And I'm just like, ah, sorry, I'll definitely do this to you again in three months time. Just wait. But yep. at least you can recognize it and you don't create allies and enemies and, and mm-hmm. disappear up your own ass. Um, so I thought this was a good song in terms of, her kind of putting herself out there like that and being honest about herself. Cause a lot of these songs, this was my criticism of the Haley Williams stuff was I don't doubt that she went through something horrific, but she just milked that one theme. I'm in pain. I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. I can't make relationships last. And it just kept hammering us with that to the point where I'm like, we get it. We get it. Can you yeah. do a song about a fucking octopus's garden? Like, you gotta shake it up <laughs> a little bit here. Yeah, I I do think though I I do like the perspective though, you know, and and I'll never knock somebody for being honest about their role in something going wrong. You know what I mean? There's there's plenty of artists, and I'm not gonna give any more free ads to a certain one that always seems to find everybody else the problem. Um, you know, it it is refreshing hearing an artist admit to their wrongdoings it might the other person might be just as shit you know not not giving not saying that they deservedly take all of the blame for things going wrong but admitting some of the blame i think is 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 an admirable quality and i think you know she says the line now i can finally be okay and not the way i thought i should you know that speaks to the fact that she was always just kind of going into these same cycles you know these same destructive cycles whether it was the other person's problem or her problem you know she always seemed to find somebody that was on her level you know and i think alcohol was a big a big uh, addiction of hers along with probably some prescription pills from what i understand um but i know how messy you can get when under the influence of those things you know that can be that can be an especially messy situation um because you're not in control of your emotions like everything is just such surface level reactions to things that if you're both in that situation, you're both hammered or you're both hopped up on whatever it is that they were hopped up on, like you're not going to have a good time with each other. Like it's going to take one thing and neither of you are capable with your brains all addled like that, capable of, of getting any perspective on the situation. It's just this anger right here, right now that you're going to react to. And, you know, at least she takes full responsibility for her roles in things, you know, while still admitting like, like the lines that you read in the chorus, you know, I won't bother telling you I'm sorry for something I'm going to do again. You know, and I think she is trying to make changes. I think that's something that's clear in the music. She's trying to get better and get out of these things, but understands that human condition, you know, that that no matter how much you try, a human is always going to make mistakes. And, you know, she has a certain type of mistake that she seems to always make. Yeah, and she beats herself up an awful lot on this album. Yeah. And that's that's not a criticism, yeah. it's just an observation. But yeah. she's she's really hard on herself to the point where in a song like this, it it gets right up to the edge where I'm like, uh, uh okay, this is a little uncomfortable to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um but again, kudos for calling yourself out for being a martyr. Like 
being able to identify those behaviors and and using it as therapy ostensibly i don't know if that's how she sees it but i would imagine it's very therapeutic to put that out there and once you've kind of seen it written down in black and white it's a little easier to confront so for that reason for that reason i enjoyed this one yeah and i think that's something that she kind of gets into as well is the fact that the people around her you know just kind of seem to and we'll get into one of the songs that you would pick favor kind of goes into it. We'll get into it deeper there, but it's like, she feels like she has to beat herself up because other people aren't doing it for her. Yeah. You know, and I think that's part of the cathartic process for her with this album. Um, and it does wear a little bit thin sometimes. Cause you're like, you almost you are like, damn girl, give yourself a break, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, but it's, it, I understand where she's trying to come from with that and what she's trying to accomplish with it. Yeah. And I guess just to make it clear too cuz I, I i can't i don't want to speak for you but for me i feel like someone could go back and listen to this episode and be like well wait a minute you say you don't care about authenticity but then you have questions about how authentic this feels you don't want her to beat herself up but you want her to tell the truth i feel like m- i may be saying slightly contradictory things i don't really know but <sighs> I, I think it's it's because this is a difficult album to talk about. Yeah. And you do kind of grasp at straws with it because I guess my gut reaction, and maybe this is fucking mean, but musically, it's pretty average. Like, the music <laughs> is yeah. pretty average, and the lyrics are pretty much all you have. Because the first time I listened through it, I was like, if you told me this was, like, some kind of sweet, you know what I mean? 45 minutes yeah. of, you know, it's like Love Sexy Prince, where it just... yeah keeps going in like one it, song yeah it's one song that changes and has little callbacks and st- it's the abbey road medley yeah. you told me that i believe you because it just was not distinct enough with a few exceptions mm-hmm. it kind of bled together and again she's got this is mean but she's got indie white girl marble mouth yeah. Where they all kind of do the like i don't understand i'm not really british but i'm gonna kind of like quaalude voice and nobody yep. is worse than about that than lana del rey who oh yeah again i see that Set the standard yeah march to the gallows in our future too and i'm like oh <laughs> yeah, christ God. yeah it's gonna be bad <laughs> but uh because i just hate her anyway but i, I yeah that the indie girl sound that a lot of people are trying to cultivate mm-hmm. i'm just like ah oh, man i i personally as a singer cherish a very unique voice oh yeah so the more that people try to like put themselves into a marketable box the more it's just kind of an anathema to me and whether or not this is what she can do and what she prefers to do and whether or not this is an affectation Mm -hmm. just not that into her sound i feel like a dick but can't say it's bad but it's not for me yeah i mean well when you think about it's like the artists that you and i have really dug into prince meatloaf you know heart you know those are the those are bands with dynamic lead singers like absolutely knock your socks off dynamic lead singers you know prince you could say all you want about him like not being as good a singer as the other two but he knew exactly how to use every part of his musical musical ability and maxed it out in every way shape and form i feel like with this indie girl revolution that is just not the case. And the same thing I think happens with the 1975, you know, we can't just dump it all on the ladies here. It's, it's for sure. You know, the whole, it's the whole genre. 
I think it's just kind of hitting one note right now. And it's, and it's, I don't know what it's going to take for them to kind of break away from that, but we can't keep getting, you know, well, Punisher is great. You know, for every Punisher, there's 15 of these albums, you know, where it's just like, not the worst thing to listen to, but not the most exciting thing either. Like there wasn't anything real groundbreaking that I heard on this album. You're right. Punisher feels groundbreaking, and I'm not saying this is the case, but it feels like Little Oblivions is a response to Punisher. Well, Punisher was so good, I gotta fucking bring it. And I'm yeah. sure if Julianne, the big bad Julianne, could hear this, maybe that would hurt her feelings. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying, whereas Punisher felt like a revelation, mm-hmm. when it really wasn't reinventing the fucking wheel. It's just no. so good. This just, I think, lingers in that shadow, and whether or not it's fair to assign it that problem, that's the case for me. So you're asking, like, what's it going to take to get people to break out? I'm telling you, it is women of color. It is POC. Like, we, we yeah. need a, a melanated revolution in the indie genre. Yeah, that would we, make sense. We just I, – I, again, I, and I, I – I don't want to do like a weird reverse racism thing and be like, well, their lives are so shitty that their music can't help it be. That's not yeah, it's what just, I'm trying to say. Different perspectives. I but it's an, some, some fresh eyes are needed here. It's an it's an innately different yeah. perspective. And it's necessary to get a complete picture of the genre and of the world and of music like. Yeah. Fucking a I love so much drawing on different cultures and just having mm-hmm. this wonderful buffet of what everyone's up to. Yeah. And the indie genre, like the country genre, is just so dominated by white people. And yeah. I, this isn't me looking for points. This is just how I feel. It is what I it just, is. Yeah, it's a I good want point. I mean, they can't, they can't all be Mitski, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah. The, your best American girl, I tell you what. Oh, oh, baby. Be the cowboy. Be that cowboy. Yeah, we go, we go on a little tangent with, with Mitski. Saw her once at the ACL Live taping. You texted me. I think I was in New York when that happened, and I was just like, yeah. "God damn it! I haven't seen anything cool here yet." Yeah, it was. Uh, whew, what a show that was. She basically just like had sex with a table on stage the the whole time. That combines three of my favorite things: Mitski, <laughs> sex, and tables. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, was a was a very good show, and I was I hadn't really listened to other than that song, Nobody. Um, mm. But yeah, just uh, just really really great show. It was really incredible. She's a powerhouse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now. Back to our regular scheduled programming here. Um, so the next song we were going to talk about is Crying Wolf. And I think this is the one on the album where substance abuse is kind of really brought to the forefront, you know, where it's yep. less about her personality, problems that she causes with other people, and the negative interactions that she has with folks causing problems for her. Um, but it's it's more about the direct effect of substance abuse on those relationships, you know, where it's less about the personality, more about the personality that happens when she's under the influence of whatever it happens to be, whatever the flavor of the week is at that certain point. Um, And I think this song is, is probably, you know, it's very honest. You know, I think it's, it's something that she, she's always talking about in this album that she is trying hard to fix, to fix herself and, and get away from these demons. But very aware that she's not sure she has the strength to do it and you know in the chorus here she says i'm not crying wolf i'm out here looking for them you know so instead of you know she's saying a lot of people you know that have substance abuse will say that they're trying to get better they're trying to make changes when they're really not at least the thought process is there that they know they need to 
But she's saying, I'm not crying wolf. I'm not telling you that I'm about to go out here and fix all these problems. Like, I know I want to, but I'm out here looking for the wolves. You know, I'm out here looking for these problems. You know, and, and she says, I swear off all the things that I thought that got me here. In the evening, I'll come back again. You know, and so she's attributing the reasons for her substance abuse to the wrong thing. So if she's, even if she fixes those problems, it's not going to fix anything about why she wants to get drunk and why she wants to do the pills. And I just thought it was a very interesting kind of take on substance abuse. And, you know, instead of just one side or the other, like there's the one side where they said, you know, Godsmack says, I'm okay with my whiskey hangover. Like, I'm not changing a thing. I'm just going to, I'm just going to drink. I'm going to drink myself to death. And then you get the other side where they're like, I'm never going to drink again. I found a new light. I found Jesus, all this stuff. She kind of hits right in the middle where you're not sure which way she's going to go. She's kind of hinting that she's probably not off totally, you know, on the wagon yet, um, that she's going to fall off a few more times before it's all said and done. Yeah. And like you said, there's that distinction, like a song that I love off a fucking album that I adore, Junkhead by Alice in Chains. Oh, yeah. What's my drug of choice? What have you got? Yeah. Like... A incredibly clever song, incredibly fucking depressing in the context of what happened to Lane Staley. I mean, yeah. heroin ate him alive. But uh, like, I again, I'm I'm with you. I like that this was like straddling the line, and again, being very introspective about her behaviors. As long as I'm gonna keep calling her the big bad Julianne and do these <laughs> Trailer Park Boy references, I'll guess I'll quote the late great Jim Leahy and say she's the epitome of refractory. She knows. <laughs> And I guess recidivist would be more of an appropriate word than refractory because recidivism implies she's just going to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. But refractory means she's stubborn and she's stubborn yeah. about it. You yeah. know, you can't talk her out of this. You can try to talk to her from a perspective of like, well, I care about you and this is for your well-being. And she's like, you know what? I know it's a problem, but it's also really fun. And mm -hmm. I meet a lot of weird cats and I have a lot of I have good times even when I'm having bad times. So yep. if you kindly leave me to my own devices. I'll figure this out in my own time. Thank you very much. She is the liquor. She is the let the liquor do the thinking. Yeah, she that's what she's doing. <laughs> uh, now we can move on to Favor, which I thought was a very good song, but this was one that you had specifically picked. So why don't you give me your thoughts? I would say thematically, once again, is what drew me to it. It's this idea that you know you hurt someone close to you, that hurts you. You recognize what you've perpetrated on this person. Mm -hmm. And it's upsetting because you didn't want to do it. You were reacting emotionally. And now you feel like shit. And you're going through your own stuff. But you feel like it would be disingenuous to say any of that. Mm -hmm. So you fall down this rabbit hole of like, oh, fuck, I feel bad. But like, I just, I wish this person would yell at me so that I could feel justified being an asshole because as long as they're demure and they're like genuinely hurt and withdrawn by this, I've kind of lost the high ground or at least equal footing. Mm -hmm. So again, it's another anthem for self-hatred done in a very interesting way. I mean, the post-chorus, how long do I have until I've spent up everyone's goodwill? Yeah. How many times can you do this to the people around you before they're like, fuck it, not worth it anymore? Yeah. How come it? And then, like, I I love the second verse. This painted a picture for me that I would say was Punisher worthy. Sat on the hood out all night, trying to scrape together change. You pulled a moth out from the grill of your truck, saying, "Oh, that's a shame." 
How come it's so much easier with anything less than human letting yourself be tender? Well, you could make me do it. And I just like it reminds me of the show Community in the pilot mm-hmm. where Jeff Winger, the main character, uh, Joel McHale, is giving this speech. He names the pencil Terry or something like that. And then he snaps it and everybody's like, oh, Terry, no. And his point was like, once I've given the pencil human characteristics, you care about it. Mm -hmm. And we can't even extend our fellow humans that courtesy. So we love animals. We love inanimate objects. Like people that are like, oh, do whatever you want to humans. But if you hurt animals, special place in hell for you. It's like, yeah. I think there's a special place in hell for people that abuse people. Oh, if yeah. you want to subscribe to the whole ethos of hell and the Judeo-Christian concept. Oh, yeah. So, again, I just I liked some of the philosophical implications of the song. Just, it hit for me. This one hit for me. Yeah, and, and I thought this was a very good one because it's that idea of her friends trying to protect her from herself when really what is probably the healthiest thing for them to do is either cut her off and just don't even deal with her anymore or force her to look in the mirror, you know, force her to look in the mirror and be like, this is the way you're acting right now. Are you really okay with this? Instead of just kind of letting her slide on this in order to not hurt her feelings, thinking that it might make it worse if she knew how bad she was acting. Um, You know, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like, how good of a friend is it really if they're not willing to call you out, you know, these people that are just letting you slide. And especially if you're, a famous singer songwriter you know there's going to be hangers on no matter what level you're at if you're just at the local band level there's going to be hangers on for that and she's certainly above that you know she's national touring level there's absolutely people there that are just not going to ever tell her no and i think the problem is going to be is if she doesn't keep people around that are willing to tell her no and it sounds like in this song she real she recognizes that but it's still that sense that she had in cry in crying wolf where she's like, I, I recognize that about myself, but am I going to change it? Not sure yet. I don't know. And it's, it was definitely, I, I like when she does this on the album, when she does this kind of like straddling the line, I guess, so to speak, mm-hmm. where it's like, do you know which way she's going to go? She's not absolute in either direction. And I think that's when she's at her most interesting. I think you're right. I think her strength is in being open to both sides of the story, mm-hmm. riding the line. I would agree. That's the most interesting thing about her. Because anybody, sometimes when people come in with like the absolute courage of their convictions and, and can make these declamatory statements like, the only way to salvation is God, like, mm-hmm. you have no ability to look at the other side of that and go, I don't fucking believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so salvation is kindness to your fellow human beings while we're here we don't know what happens when we die not to like hammer christians but like there's something to be said for absolute certainty there's something to be said for no certainty at all and there's something to be said for somebody who's right in the middle so mm-hmm. it's kind of the greatest strength of this album overall is her ability to kind of sit on the fence without being non-committal she's got a position but She'll play devil's advocate with herself. So I I respect that. Yeah. And, you know, Kurt Vonnegut had a quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it. I may have even said it on the show before. Um, But he said, you know, a lot of people praise the ability to have unquestioning faith. I consider her capacity for it absolutely vile. And I think that's and I think that's a very accurate statement. I mean, it's certainly one of my favorite things that he's ever said. And I've 
read a lot of his stuff, but it just it speaks to that. How can you be really sure either way? You know, you can be really sure how you feel about something, but you can never be totally positive about how you're going to act in a given situation if you've never experienced that before. And I think that's kind of what she gets at is she's like, well, I've, I could tell you how I would act different in all these past ones, but this stuff coming up, really not sure. We're going to see how it goes. We're just going to roll yeah. the dice. And I, I like when she does that. I think that's when she's at her most interesting. And I think if that happened more on the album, I'd have a much more positive opinion over all of it. Yeah, I would co-sign that. I yeah. agree. Yeah, and then we actually we both picked uh, song and E. That was that was one in common that we had, and it's another one of those ones I think kind of similar vein to favor where she said you know the line that she repeats is it's the mercy I can't take, you know it's it's she wants the abuse she wants to be people to be angry at her, um, it's the mercy I can't take because it's that sense that if they hate you and they don't they don't want anything to do with you then you don't have to worry about disappointing them anymore. You know, that's something that's off your conscience completely now because if they're not worried about what you're doing, you don't really have to worry about anybody else's opinions at that point. And you can just go off and do whatever you want, whether it's drinking, smoking, whatever it is that was disappointing them in the first place. And I and I think that sort of mentality is a dangerous one, first of all, for someone with, with an addictive personality. The more they push people away, the worse things get for them generally from, from my experience. And I think it's something that she appreciates that they do that, but it's frustrating all the same because she does seem to have a very self-destructive streak in her. And she sounds like she doesn't mind indulging that. And if there's people around that try to prevent her from doing that, she's going to get mad at them, but it's really for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I, I, I agree with all of that. And I don't want to just like unnecessarily repeat that. I think that that summed it up succinctly. So to add on to that about, what makes the song so attractive? Um, this, for me, was musically the most compelling mm-hmm. one. Just playing a couple funky notes in there broke it up because it's not necessarily the most distinct thing on the album other than that just that little twist mm-hmm. that takes it over the top. And those harmonies, perhaps you recognized the voices of yeah. the other members of Boy Genius, yeah, Phoebe Bridgers and Lucy Dacus joining up. And again, this was a song that gets you excited. You're like, if if there was more of this on the album, this would take it up another notch for me. And I'd, I'd probably be a little more glowing about it. And like, I do also feel kind of in a weird place, not to give away inside baseball, I guess. And they always say, never read the comments. Mm-hmm. But in the YouTube comments for our Hiam episode, this guy, and I, if he still listens to this, I don't want to discourage him from a discourse or from listening, but I took offense at what he said where he was like, oh, I can't believe you guys are, are chalking up all criticism of Hiam to, or you think Hiam can't take criticism because they'll just chalk it all up to sexism, yeah. which is not what we said. And, no. and I don't want to throw you under the bus. What I said was, in a lot of their interviews, and this is true, you can go out and look at it, they have kind of a chip on their shoulder. And as a female artist, why wouldn't you? Yeah. But they kind of have a chip on their shoulder about, well, I think if people don't like this song, it's because they're a man and they don't understand. Or they don't care about what women go through or something like that. And I'm like, you kind of got to give people a chance to be critical of your stuff and you need to understand when they're being critical about it because they liked 
something that you brought to the table, but it just didn't hit all the way, mm-hmm. as opposed to them just being a misogynist. Uh, Captain Marvel's not that great because she, <laughs> she's a lady. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not every guy who has criticism of an album is being a neckbeard. It's because we took an interest in the album and what you're doing that we're excited enough to talk about it, whether or not we loved it and thought it was the best thing we ever heard. You've given us a lot to talk about, which is kind of the point. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for yes men and an effusive praise, you came to the wrong podcast. Yeah. And I'm not saying we're the most, we're not the fucking Noam Chomsky and uh, Gore Vidal, or Gore Vidal and uh, shit. What was that other guy's name? It wasn't Barry Goldwater. Fuck. I don't know. Buckley. William F. Buckley. We're not the okay. Buckley and Vidal. Of... I was, that was going to get nowhere with me. Yeah, no. <laughs> we're, we're not the fucking Buckley and Vidal of, of music <laughs> review podcasts where it's like overly intellectualized. But we are smart guys who love music and mm-hmm. have a lot to say. And it's not like we could do better or like try again, ladies. Yeah. So I guess it's a late in the game asterisk from me being like, None of this is me trying to mansplain her own material to her. It's just the things that I loved, I loved, and I wanted to see more of, and that's just mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and and I think about half the album was stuff that I was like, yeah, this is objectively a really good song. Yeah. Um, and the rest of it just didn't differentiate itself enough for me to really get that excited about. And at no point did I think it was bad. You know, I would no. never put this on the level of like the 1975 album that we did. Like never, never, never would put that, put this down that low. Um, but as far as like the ones that I've been really excited about, it's just not quite there. You know, it's just not up there with like the Casey Musgraves that we've talked about or the Margot Price that we've talked about. You know, it just wasn't quite to that level. I think she can get there. You know, I think she showed enough flashes on this one with the five songs that we picked um, that she could absolutely get there. You know, and I think it's, I think she just maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll be a life change that happens or something like that that gets her a little bit different perspective and maybe something else to, to write about. Um, but overall, it just, it was a good, it was a good effort of an album, you know, and, and I appreciated what she was bringing to the table for me. I don't know if I can give it a full stream it. I just don't know if I can go that far on this one. I'm going to go ahead and say stream it purely because I think now at the end of this i i can really chalk mine up and this isn't fair to her but it's white girl burnout i have Mm -hmm. bad white girl burnout and i'm sorry i know that's not necessarily fair but i've just been inundated with such a steady diet of it for a while now and when Mm -hmm. it was good to me it was good to me and this isn't a break forever but this just this came at the tail end of realizing like fuck i gotta do i gotta just shake shit up and and broaden my horizon so she's a victim of my malaise not a lack of talent because i mean like you read the the however much stock you put in pitchfork you read the pitchfork review and i mean it got like 7.4 i don't know much stuff that gets that's a good that's a good score from pitchfork that's a good one from pitchfork yeah yeah. and and the reviewer had plenty of nice things to say and it wasn't like this person's full of shit yeah. So there's there's clearly something that I don't get or can't appreciate because of my state of mind. So I'm going to say stream it, make up your own mind, make your own, draw your own conclusions. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that I, you know, so that, that's so you gave a stream it. I said a maybe, you know, I, and I, I'm not going to be upset at you if you do. 
not going to be upset at you if you don't, but just understand that it's another indie album. You know, if that's something that you're really into, if that's your favorite genre of music, you're probably going to love this album. If it's a genre that you're not, that you haven't really gotten that into, this is probably not the one that's going to like really jumpstart you into loving this style of music, I guess is, is kind of how I'll define that a little more narrowly for, for the listeners. Yeah. And I will repeat my call again. If you're out there and you can hear the sound of my voice, please recommend to me specifically because I, I just kind of I guess it would be inappropriate to say I have a boner for women. Um, <laughs> musically, I, I lo- I'm like really interested in what women are doing in the indie genre, because, again, it's the same thing. The 1975, just the skinny jeans and the mop tops. And I'm like, mm-hmm. can we just have a bunch of bald, fat guys singing about how they can't get laid? <laughs> Like an indie <laughs> incel project. Whether or not you agree with their politics, it'd at least be interesting. <laughs> um, but I won't I won't limit it to women, but I will say preference given to women of color, but people of color working yeah. within the indie genre. Please just throw me whatever you've got. Don't be afraid. I know we sound like snobs sometimes, but just throw everything you got at me. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be appreciated because I think it's it's not an indictment on the genre so much. I think it is just we're kind of indicting ourselves here with just mm-hmm. maybe maybe hitting it a little too hard and experiencing some burnout with it and and i think that's you know it's a fair thing that you experience burnout with things i think it's not fair that we've done that to this album necessarily yeah. but um you know just it is what it is you know just it, it the album came out when it came out you know if it came out you know four months ago we probably would have had a different different thing to say about it yeah and i'm not usually that affected by mood from an academic or critical standpoint mm-hmm. like maybe it, i'm not in the pocket when i listen to something but even like the foos which i hated that album yeah but listening to it multiple times in different settings and different state of minds you get something different mm-hmm. which i did with this album and i still just couldn't justify it and again that's not the big bad julianne's fault it's <laughs> it's it's on me yeah well, one thing I am excited about is, one, the album that we're going to be doing for next week's episode. Not going to give it away, but also I texted you that Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack are doing an album together. Oh, yeah. I never responded to that when you texted me. Yeah, you me, sure didn't. You sure didn't. <laughs> but that's okay. We'll discuss it off pod. Um, but that album I am excited about because one thing I am is a Bruno Mars fan. That that little man can entertain with the best of them. He sure can. I mean, he yeah. is. He's a fucking showman. Yeah, that's the one that's the word to describe. Now, I won't I won't say that he's on the level of like a Prince or a Bruce Springsteen or somebody that's like been a very important cultural part of music of the last 40 years. But I will say people should go check out Bruno Mars's tribute to Prince because I thought that was very good. Yep. Yeah, that was a good one. And also his Super Bowl halftime show was pretty solid. Um, and it just in general, he's just a great entertainer. You know, I think he sings really well. Uptown Funk is a jam, will always oh, be a jam to man. this day. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of song they'd be like, oh, I'm so sick of this one. I can't believe it. Every time I've heard him, like, this song just fucks. It's just and a I'm, great song. And I normally am not like that big of a Mark Ronson guy either. Yeah. But that song was lightning mm-hmm. in a bottle. And I also didn't love um, The World Better Prepare for Another Millionaire, the Bruno Mars song. and, and Oh, uh, I Want to Be a Billionaire? Yes. 
Yeah. And the Lazy Song, I did not like either of those songs. Yeah, those songs. weren't great, I was like, but Grenade? Grenade was where it started to turn around for me. I was yeah, like, this is a little, a little cheesy, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And it just 24 like- 24 Karat Magic? Yeah. That, yeah. I love the song Finesse. Oh, yeah. Finesse is a great 90s throwback. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. With our girl Cardi. Yeah. 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 Great. She's got another she's got an album coming out soon too. So we we've got some things coming down the pipe, I think, that are that are gonna break us out of this little this little indie girl funk here, I think. Yeah, until Lana Del Rey comes down the pipe and <sighs> clogs it up. You know, what if we do that one as a video reaction? Like we're people can watching people it in can, real time? Yeah, people can listen to that album and get our reaction. Like just put that on, like put the album on and put our video on. And get our real reaction, like little mystery science theater three thousand kind of thing. Yeah, I think that would possibly work better if we were in the same place, but it's not impossible being yeah. remote. I just worry about the delay if we're both trying to listen to it at the same time. But that's a problem for another day. Yeah, we could we could try to figure that out because I feel like our visceral, immediate reactions to that are going to be better than anything we could put on the pod. Yeah, and it's coming. It comes out this month, end of the month. Oh I'm pretty sure. Oh boy, gird your loins. Oh boy, here comes Lana. <laughs> God, that I I really I I'm not really a big I've never been a big fan of hers at no. all. Um, I don't think I hold the same kind of hatred that you do, but I I just have a feeling because I haven't really tried to listen to her music really. Um, she does the the cover of the Sublime song "Doing Time," mm-hmm. which is a decent cover, you know, a decent cover, but. It was someone else's song. Like it's hard to fuck up a cover, really. But I am looking forward to how much I'm probably gonna not like that album that she comes out with. Hey, if it comes out and it's fantastic, and I have to backtrack on all this, you hear it here, folks. I'll eat an entire pizza. I don't care how delicious it is <laughs> or how hot and gooey. I'll eat the whole thing to say I'm sorry. I'll throw myself on that altar, too. I'll eat a whole goddamn pizza myself. All right. I think we're eating steamed vegetables, but, <laughs> you know, stranger things have happened, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, look forward to all those coming up. Um, our YouTube, I don't know if you noticed, my friend, but your last video popped off a little bit. Which one? The last singles? The, la- the last singles video. Did it? I haven't yeah. looked in a couple days. Yeah. Dope. Yeah, the people so have spoken. They love jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, um, and the other videos of our just the recordings of the podcast put onto YouTube form, those have been doing pretty well as well. You know, I think that's something. You know, it's it's a medium that I think people are digging. Yeah, we got a nice little community there, and I think the next logical step is we just got to webcam it up. We should do some yeah. video episodes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that would be. I think that given the people what they want, I think yeah. is what we call that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. As fan, fan service, as they yeah. say in the WandaVision community. <laughs> uh, so make sure you go on that YouTube. Subscribe so you get all our videos when they come out. Um, by the time you listen to this, we will have had another singles video by yours truly come out. Um, and then after that, we'll have another one by Alex coming out. So every Thursday, those singles videos come out. We're going to be releasing other ones sporadically, but that's why you got to subscribe. So that you get the notifications when those are out so you can be the first to watch them. It's like collecting baseball cards or art. The first one to get them, those are always the most valuable. So if you're view number one, 
let us know. We we got a special little prize for you. Yeah, first person in the comments. You know how they always like get to a video. And it's like first. Yeah. If we can verify that's you. You just won the prize. Yeah. What I, I'm not sure what that prize is going to be yet, but it will be worth it. Oh, definitely. It's probably going to be me drawing you as a monster or something, but that's fine. That's valuable. Yeah. Just uh, it, it'll be Alex drawing you as Prince or your artist of choice. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're into, like Tom Petty, I'll draw you as Tom Petty. That'll be so good. Gaunt, blonde, showboy. <laughs> Ugliest motherfucker on the planet. God rest <laughs> his soul, but Jesus Christ. Oh, the voice of the angels, though. That was my name on Twitter for a while was Tom Petty Ugly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fair. It's one of the, it's yeah. a, the when there's truth in comedy, it's always a little funnier. And that, you know, there's a little truth in that comedy, my friend. It's a reference made with love, and it was punching up, so I'm not responsible. Well, is it up or down now? Oh, my God, Jeff. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, at out on that line. Um, thankfully, my personal account is unbanned. Don't tweet about putting people under the guillotine for tweeting spoilers, folks. They'll cut you right out. Twitter doesn't even give a fuck. They'll cut you right out. Find us on Instagram at out on that line. Starting to pick up quite a few followers on that as well. You'll also see the uh, IGTV versions of our YouTube videos. So if you prefer getting that content from Instagram, we got you there too. Find us on Facebook at out on that line podcast and email us, please email us. All we get is spam in there right now. So if you get some album suggestions, some criticisms of the pod, whether we read them or not, that's totally up to us, but please send them out on that line at gmail.com. And Alex, did you have anything else this week that you wanted to, to go over? No, I'm going to shut my damn yap and we can be done. Okay, excellent. Until next time.